Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, that month we are about to enter is a month of radical soul winning. Radical soul winning. Let's all say that together. Right. Depends on the kind of English you speak. You can say radical, 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 or radical. All right. But say radical soul winning. Some of you will say. Everybody say radical soul winning. Praise the Lord. We thank God for today. I just want to just share some things quickly. I pray I won't take too much on this because I tend to enjoy the word of God so much that anytime I share the word, I keep going and going. And it keeps getting better and sweeter. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to share because of what the month you're about to enter in from the next. 12 and a half hours. I want to share on why soul winning. Why? But there are a lot of us here, if we say let's go and win souls, you won't come. But you want a miracle. The surest way to secure a miracle is just getting God pleased. When God is pleased, he smiles on you. And when God smiles on you, things work for you. Yes. Did you hear what I said? Why? But why? Why? Last week I spoke about how Jesus is all about Jesus. He's the center of it all. And everything we do in church is about Jesus. It's not about your clothing. Some of us are so concerned and so conscious about our hairstyle, our makeup, our clothing. And when you even come to the place of worship, Jesus is secondary. Your image is so important to you. Maybe, have you thought about it? Maybe, is it one of the reasons why things have, have delayed which God wants to do for you? Maybe you are not looking to him. You are, you are looking at yourself too much. You have placed yourself in the center, so it's not working the way it should work. Maybe, think about it. God does not owe any of us anything. Does he owe you anything? No. God, if you don't do it, yeah, I'll stop coming to church. You should have stopped before you even said it. (laughs) And sometimes people make it as if when you come to church, oh, you've done God so much a favor. You have done the church so much a favor. Oh, we were happy you came. Don't come. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? Don't, you see, when you have that mindset, it will work against you. It's not good. Unfortunately, I'm I'm not a marketing officer. I'm not a sales officer. That is why I made this outrageous statement. Don't come. It's an outrageous statement for sales purposes and political purposes. 
not nonsensible. But very godly for those who are seeking God. Yeah. Don't hold God to ransom. Hey. Hey. Some time ago, a friend we were, chat, uh, we were talking to somebody going to win a soul. Me and my friend, this is about 20 years ago. So when my friend made a statement, so the person was kind of bluffing and said, Hey, my friend, you need God more than He needs you. The gospel can change your story. Yeah. A gentleman saw one of our brothers here, um, CSL leaders. Actually, it's Akwesi. One guy came to church and he went to K group and he saw Akwesi. He couldn't believe it. This guy is in church preaching. Oh my, I don't. This, this is serious. He was on the highway of destruction. Today, God has beautified him. God has made him honorable. Some of you had it not been for the gospel, your marriage, your marriage would have collapsed by now. Had it not been for the gospel, you would have left. Or she would have, or someone would have left. Something you would have you have you would have done something, excuse me, very stupid. Very, 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 very stupid. Had it not been for the power of the gospel, some of us would have still been in hospital by now. Had it not been for the power of the gospel, some of us wouldn't have had children. Makes a difference. Some of you, you know what church has done for you. Yeah, I know some of you were in some churches that you didn't hear about Jesus. You didn't hear about Jesus, so you didn't know that. See, many people who have church, they have wrong idea about church. They don't know. When I was coming in, the, the, the doorman, I think today is his first time, and Parking and stuff, so you're saying, Oh, oh, you guys are. I hear there's a church here. They told me there's a church here. And I said, Church? He, he couldn't conceptualize a church in such a posh yeah. Because when they hear church, when people hear people, they, they, they hear, they see, they gowns and. Uh, 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 <laughs> demon entertaining atmosphere. No, 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 no. You understand that? You can be in, in. I was in church 14 times a week. I'm telling you, 14 times a week. Morning, evening, morning, and then afternoon, midday, during the weekday. Midday, I'll go and ring the bell. Around midday, I, that's how religious I was. And yet, no, there are times I'll be sitting in the church and I knew I was lost. No one told me about Jesus. For several years I was going to church. No one told me about Jesus. So he himself. Ordered myself to somewhere where I can hear about him and get to know him better. And today the story is. And we go out winning souls. We go and tell people not about our church. We go and tell people not about our clothes. We go and tell people about Jesus. The greatest testimony about Jesus is your changed life, not theology. Not theology. Your changed life. Your changed life. Tell people what Jesus has done for you. When Jesus healed the man, the man said, I want to follow. He said, go and tell the couple. Tell them what the Lord has done for you. Noise it abroad. 
We need to tell people about Jesus. Now, soul winning, soul winning. Let's all say that together. Soul winning. Two words. Soul winning. Soul and winning. What is that? Because actually, if you are quite new to church, you will wonder what is soul winning? You are talking about radical soul winning. Oh, man, I need a job. You are talking about radical soul winning. What is soul winning? It is different from looking for political campaign, uh, doing a political campaign to look for votes. So it's like you have won some seats. You have won this area. You have won the hearts of... No, no, it's, it's different from that. When we talk about soul winning, you're talking about the actual human being, the core of who a person is, and saving the person from going to hell. And the person becoming the child of God and enjoying the goodness of God and having inheritance in God even whilst on, an, uh, on earth. So rescuing the perishing, saving the dying, we are like an army sent by God to go and rescue people. He says, for he has delivered us. That is the story. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Who, who has delivered us or tried, delivered us from the power, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his. So he has moved us from one state and translated us. We have been conveyed, moved out of something into something. That's what soul winning is about. Anyone who is not saved, every soul who has not been won or saved is, is, is under the power of darkness. So anytime Satan wants to give you sickness, he says, uh, okay, there's extra sickness. Bonus, which one? Okay, you take this one. <laughs> there's more, have a, a, a lot more. Uh, he has allocations for every week. And then sometimes, some of the people it has been meant for end up in Christ. So then he has to look for, okay, this one looks, okay, let's give this one to him. Let's give this one to him. So Satan has free, un, unrestricted, unbridled access into your life if you are not born again. Satan is real. Uh, I mean, I, I don't believe him. And, oh, don't, don't worry. It doesn't change the fact. I tell you that, that okay. Yesterday, the, uh, the guy uh, sitting there was telling me, oh, um, I, someone was saying something. I don't believe, or oh, I need to see before. I said, no, come on, don't tell me that. You can't tell me you need to see before you believe. Have you ever seen your liver? Have you ever seen your pancreas? But you believe you have it. Have you, and it's working. <laughs> you go to the doctor, they said, oh, we have to examine your liver. Or your, and you believe that you have got a liver. <laughs> have you ever seen your own liver before? <laughs> or your brains? Have you seen it before? What if there's nothing inside it? <laughs> So, so winning is necessary. Now, why do we have to win souls? I want to give you a few points. Number one, as I said last week, we have been called, we are ambassadors of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse, from verse 18, I prefer, from verse 18. It says that, Second Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 18. Thank you, Jesus. 
Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Say reconciled. reconciled. Say reconciled. reconciled. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us. So as soon as you are reconciled, you have been given a, a ministry. So if you are saved, which, which, which means salvation also means being reconciled to God, because if you are not saved, that's why when people are not saved, you mention Jesus, they cringe. You mention it because there, there's no peace between them, them and God. But Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus Christ by faith. Right? So when we are reconciled with God, we are no more at law guys, we are friends. So he says that God, who all things are, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus, and not just that, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So as soon as you are reconciled, there is a responsibility. You have been given a job. It comes with the job that you take the responsibility of reconciling others to him. Go to the next verse and see. It says that, that is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. See, that's so nice. So we are all trespasses. We are sinners. But God, when he's reconciling us to himself, he only does it in Christ so that he cannot repute or he cannot account your sins against you. Why won't he do that? Because sin is history. Because of the cross of Christ. Christ paid for your sin so God can hold your sins against you. If you come to him through Christ, if you come to him through Christ, he, that, someone, um, I heard a story of, I think, a certain woman. She was a widow whose husband died a few years ago, leaving her with quite a few children, about five children. And this woman was hardworking. She worked, she worked. She was a peasant worker. Worked, worked, took care of the children, saw them through school and took care of them. They became all matured and doing well in life. Well, so it's, if you saw her hands, her hands were all like, you can tell this is the hands of a worker. Worked. And so one day someone, a preacher was preaching to her and told her that, you, if you go to heaven, what are you going to show to God? You know, like, if you don't receive Jesus Christ in the way, God can't let you in heaven, or you, you don't have any. He said, oh, when I get to heaven, I'll just lift my hands and show God my hands, and you'll see how faithful I've been in how much work I've done, which is true. But then the man told her that it, it's too late, because someone's hands already is showing before God. And he has got holes in his hands for you. So you don't have to show your hands. His hands is showing on the earth. Right. So all you do is that transfer all your credit. And you don't even have a credit, your debt. You just put your faith in him and his hands are before God on your behalf. So when you come to God, he does not hold your sins, the abortion, the fornication, the wickedness, the cheating, the lying, the, the, the malicious things, your evil thinking, all the things you have done, he doesn't hold to, he doesn't hold it to do to, against you. Amen. Do you understand that? It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. When God says, I have forgiven you, he actually means it. He actually means it. Tell somebody, I am forgiven. If you are born, if you are not born again, don't say it. But what Satan likes is to use your past. Satan, oh, 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 I'm about to say something. Yesterday I was talking to one of the sisters and I made a statement and it was quite a good one. And when we finished praying here last night, I said it again. But Satan loves credit history. Who 
He loves your credit. He loves it. God, that's what gives him an upper hand over you. But God has no regard for credit history. There's only one thing that counts before God. Whether you have bad credit, you have good credit, it does not matter. There's only one thing. It's the credit of Jesus. So if you come into Jesus, you be, he, Bible says that he then, in fact, let me show you something. Let me finish. I'll show you a scripture. Let's finish this one quickly. I'll show you another reconciliation I read it last week. So, and uh, not counting the trespass against them, and has committed, say committed. God has committed to who? Us. Who are the us? Those whose, forg- whose sins have been forgiven. Those who have been reconciled to God. God has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So, he, he said, I can't do it. Watch this. God does not preach the gospel. He said, I can't do it. So he has committed it to you. Who? Those of us who are born again. All believers can What are they committed? Committed to those of us who, in, in whom he lives. And he does the work through us. And look at the next verse. Verse 20. Now then, you see, I like, let's say that those two words together. Let's say them. Louder. What does that mean? Based on what I've said, because of that, now, not yesterday, now then, in spite of your past, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That then meaning that because he has committed to us the word of reconciliation, because of that, then, therefore, we are ambassadors. Now, based on that, we are ambassadors, because of that, we are ambassadors of Christ. And ambassadors are supposed to represent the kingdom which have sent them, or the nation which has sent them. And we represent God wherever we go. And the representation actually here is like we are reps. God sells reps. We are his sales reps, ambassadors. We go for the main purpose of reconciling others to him. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, 19, 20. Colossians chapter 1, it says that, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might, he might have the preeminence. Verse, go to, for it pleased God that it is through all fullness you do. Go to the next verse. I want the next verse. And by him, by, him, by who? By this is talking about Jesus Christ. Okay. The him here. By him, Jesus Christ, to do what? Now, go, go to the verse before. I'll show you. Verse 19 again. Look at verse 19. For it pleased, it pleased, I can't hear you. It pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Okay. So it looks like we are the, fa- the Father is, is, the, um, uh, is the subject here. It pleased him. He is what we are talking about. So it pleased the Father that in Christ Jesus all the fullness should dwell. Okay. So it pleased the Father. It pleased him. Go to the next verse and see. It pleased the Father. And that so all fullness should dwell in Christ and that by him Christ to reconcile all things to himself. So the himself is the father, the him is Jesus. That, that's amazing. So that through Jesus, the father will reconcile all things through himself. The Godhead, actually, will reconcile, God will reconcile all things to himself through Jesus. Watch this. By him, that's by Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven Having, uh, having made peace through the blood of his cross. 
That's why he came to die. So we have peace with God if we are in Christ Jesus. Now look at, go to the next verse. See the next verse. Who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked words, yet now he has reconciled. So say now. In the past, we were all kinds of, we were all some strange people. But now, we have been reconciled to God. And look at the next verse. Uh, that's why I finished on it. Uh, in, the, in, in the body of his flesh, through the death, why has he reconciled? To present those of us who have been reconciled, to present us holy and blameless. And guess what? Above reproach in God's sight. So when you appear to God before him, he does not see your credit history because you are above reproach. It's serious. You are above reproach. You are, this is a serious word, holy. Holiness is not based on what you do. Holy, consecration is what you do. But holiness is not based on what you do. Holiness is based on who he is in you. And so, he says to present you holy. You holy Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, you can't tell me that. I'm telling you, the Bible said, you, if you are in Christ, he died so that Christ can come and take you and present you holy, not just holy, and blameless. They are looking for fault, no fault. You know, God's eyes, nothing can miss God's eyes. If God decides to scrutinize and check you, more than x-ray, more than uh, 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 MRS, eyes can. God, but... He said, we are presented blameless in his sight. I'm talking about somebody here. I'm talk- if you are the one, you would be shouting hallelujah by now. This is Christianity. Hey! It starts from here before it ends in material blessing and shoes and marriage. And ble- no, don't start. Most of us, we start from the wrong side. Why would you wear your shoes before your socks? Or uh, wear your trousers before. Are you Superman? Why? <laughs> oh, Spider Spider-Man. <laughs> Do you understand that? So there, let's 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 get it in the right order. The reason why he died is not for you to get a new job. The reason why Jesus died is not for you to have a lot of money, beaucoup d'argent. Because, listen, the argument here is Abraham was rich without the cross. Before the cross, Abraham was rich. Solomon was so fabulously wealthy. Before the cross, Job, he was the the wealthiest in days. Isaac, Bible said, Isaac grew great. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 26, verse 13. He grew great, works great, and continued to go forward, went forward. And the man began to prosper. Prosperity was there before the cross. Prosperity was there before the cross. The man, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Amen. So, if someone was having very prosperity before the cross, why must Jesus come and suffer all these things and we reduce that to just prosperity? No. You can be prosperous before the, without the cross. But that, that means that there is something higher than just prosperity. Higher. Isaac could not have had that after the cross. Because the cross was the most expensive venture in human history. Bible says you have no... Like that. First Peter chapter, put it on the screen. My God. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Look at that and compare it to prosperity. He says that knowing that you were not redeemed by corruptible things like what? Silver. And, hey, you know, you know, in this country we have a lot of gold. Yes. Reserves. Yes. Our money reserve is in gold. Gold, if you have a lot of gold, you are really wealthy. If you have stocks and shares and bonds, you, work, you may be okay, but it doesn't really... Gold. So, wealth in, in human history has always been measured by gold and um, silver. And it says that the things that redeemed you is not corruptible. Corruptible means, corruptible there means that it can, it can, it can be waste. It can go waste. It can, it can, it can, it can get spot or something. It's just... So, corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless, that's a strong word, you know? From your aimless conduct you receive by tradition from your fathers. You see, when you are saved, you see what you are saved from? Aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Watch this. Oh, so how are we saved? Watch this. Go to the next verse. He says that, but with the precious blood of Christ, as, as of a lamb without blemish or without spot. Now watch this. This is, the, this is just, let, let's do some logical analysis here. He says that you are not saved by corruptible things like silver and gold. You're talking prosperity is silver and gold. And he said that that one didn't save you. But you were saved by precious blood. So he elevated the blood of Christ above anything physical. Because that means that is not corruptible. If I didn't even use the word, he said, he didn't say incorruptible, he said precious. So it's above. The other ones are corruptible. But this one, in human language, in human terms, the other ones look precious. Good job. Money, nice house, nice car, nice dress. It looks precious. It looks precious, but you can't eat. You, I mean, how many of you have eaten money before? <laughs> when there's no food in town, will you eat your money? No, no, no. It's corruptible. It's very corruptible. Some of you know family members and friends who had precious jewelry, very expensive diamonds and jewelry, like Dinah. It's not your friend and friend. Lady Dinah, didn't she die? Oh, so all these things, what will you go? You got to leave. Where, where are you taking it to? It's just limited. And if you have seven shoes, how many can you wear at a time? You can only wear one pair. Some of you, you this one you are confused. You are not sure. Should I wear this shoe? Or should I wear this shoe? Or that one? And that's why some of you always come late. <laughs> because you are buying so many of them. You, how, many, how many watches can you wear at a time? So, human Physical things are limited in their scope. So Jesus didn't come to die so that you can be prosperous. Isaac got married to a wonderful, very beautiful lady. Abraham was married to a very beautiful lady who, when she was so old, kings would kill for. When kings, kings, I mean, I'm talking about kings. Those times when you are a king over a decision. Yes. It's like you've gone to America, Obama wants to kill somebody for that, a certain woman. Hmm. Powerful, feeling that the woman in her old age. And Abraham married without Jesus coming to die. Had such a nice wife. Uh, Rebecca has such a wonderful husband without Jesus dying on the cross. So, why have you reduced the cross to getting a husband? Why have you reduced the cross to getting a wife? Why have you reduced the cross to buying or getting or renting or a house? 
Do you understand that? So, now, are you trying to say those things are not important? You just need them on earth. You need them on earth. Okay? Because none of us came here without anything on. Because it would have been a concern. <laughs> Isn't it? It would have been a major concern. Or if you don't eat for the next few days, it's a situation. So God, those things are just basic. God will take care. But sometimes we chase them so much that we just want to keep having them. All so all our existence is based on what I'm getting. It's based on what they think about. And you are the reason why you are so focused on the clothes is because of image. Clothing is most of the clothing designer is all about image. Most of it. Just image. Because this suit, this gentleman is wearing all the, I'm wearing. You can buy something from um, Primark or East Street. The only thing is some of them, when you wear it, it looks like you're about to fly. <laughs> but if it's just for covering, you'll be fine. Some of them, if someone holds you, say, come, come, come. Your suit, the, the hand will, oh, will rip. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? But he died and bought us with his precious blood to present, watch this, to present us blameless, holy, before the sight of God. Ha! This should make you very excited. This should make you very excited. That is the gospel. Say, that is the gospel. And so, when we talk about soul winning, the reason why we are doing so, we do soul winning, a believer does soul winning. Number one, we have been called to reconcile the world to God because we are ambassadors. Number two, this is an important one. Number two, it's, it's just Christian. It's just Christianity 101. So if you claim to be a Christian and you have an abhorrence, ab- abhorrence for soul winning or going out to it really leaves us with a major questions, question marks about your claims of Christianity or your claims of redemption. It's, very, it's a very serious point I've raised. I'm not saying if you don't win so you are not a Christian, but if you don't have a heart for so you are not interested at all, you can be born. That means that probably you are not saved. When you are saved, Something stirs up in your heart. Probably. It's just Christian. Why, why do we win souls? It's just Christian. That's what, watch this, watch this. When you watch the, when you look at, you examine the first century church. When I say the first century church, when Jesus resurrected, when the church started, those who started, he started with. When you look at their behavior, it was all about soul winning. So why have we turned it into something else? It's about so you are always free until it's time to go and win souls. Then suddenly you remember friends who have to get married. You remember people, things that you have you have to go to give, go and give it to somebody before they fly out. Are you getting what I'm saying? Acts look look, Acts chapter um, eight, verse one. I like that scripture. The Bible said they were all scattered. They said, now, let's all read it together. Let's go. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. 
and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Go to the next verse. What happened? And the bold man carried Stephen to his burial and, and made great lamentation. Go to the next verse. The next verse. As for Saul, Verse, the next verse, verse 4. Read the verse 4 out loud again. Some of you are not happy to read it at all. Let's read it out loud. They were scattered for preaching and they went everywhere. It's part of them. Wherever they are, they will be preaching. Wherever they are, they will be preaching. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. So he told us what they have been preaching, Christ. Everywhere they go, they were just preaching. Everywhere, because why? It's, not, it's just normal Christian living. The number of unbelievers who are passing by you going to hell, they are just passing by you. They pass by. They work around you. They, they travel with you. They, they live near you. And they are going to hell and there's no, no agency. Those who were scattered went, it's a normal Christian living. Look at Acts chapter 4. Acts 4, um, 17. Acts 4, 17 to 20. It says that, but so that, <laughs> this is the, when they wanted to stop the guys, they, this is the, the Sahindrin, look at their plan. They said, but so that it spread, talking about the gospel, it spread no further amongst the people. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak no more in that name. It's the same preaching. They, Stephen and Philip went to preach Christ. So let's threaten them that they don't do that again. Let's stop their preaching. Let's stop their preaching. That's what will quench this thing. Go to the next verse. So they called them and called the apostles. And the disciples of Christ, and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Don't talk to anybody about Jesus. Why? Because that's what they were doing. If they said no one should teach and share anything in the name of Jesus, I doubt how many of us here will be guilty. You will not be guilty of any offense because it's not part of your life anyway. When they wanted to stop Daniel, they said, let's make a a, a law concerning prayer because the guy was a prayer. If you, if you want to get Daniel, make a law concerning prayer, he'll, be a, he'll fall into that trap. In the same way, if the devil wants to stop or do, uh, threaten you, he has to just make a law or do something that you won't preach uh, against preaching. That one, if you are a genuine believer, you have a heart for God and you are living the Christian life, you may become guilty. Are you getting it? And so they call, look at verse 19. But Peter said to them, Peter and, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, judge. You judge. We can't listen to you more than God. God said we should go and preach. I'm showing this scripture to let you know that it was just the normal Christian living for the early, early church. That's how they, no wonder there were so much miracles amongst them. No, so much miracles. Chapter 5, verse 28. Look at verse 28 of chapter 5 of Acts. Acts chapter 5, verse 28. He said, saying, they called the guys because they were still preaching. Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? They were afraid of the name. They were afraid of the name. The name of Jesus sends shock waves. 
sustain shock waves. The name of Jesus. If you if you are they give you interview anywhere, you say, "Ask for me. I am a pure believer Christian." They now, ah, they will ask you some questions right now. You can say you belong to any other religion, and they they don't mind. If you say you're a pure Christian, they will, they will throw in that question to trap you. Trap you. Don't preach in the name of Jesus. They say, ah, don't make a mistake and think God and Allah is the same. Oh. Most of you, you were very mean so you became a serious Christian. People who are even against you, you love them. You, you, you forgive them. You, you will not kill them. Because there's something about Christ. The closer you get to him, the more you love people. The more you love you. You, you, you can take the Bible and tear it and say anything. We will still love you anyway. Because our God is a God of love. He hasn't killed. Don't tell me Allah and uh, Jesus are God are the same. Has Allah got a son? If he hasn't got a son, then there are two different things we are talking about. Because our God has got a son. Yeah, are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, uh, I remember when we went to Birmingham, we were preaching. One gentleman, a Caucasian guy, a very decent guy, he told Pastor Wood that, you know, oh, this is the same God. We are all, <laughs> no, no, no. He said, just some people call him Allah, others call him Yahweh, others call him this. So he's the same God. He said, no, no, no. Okay, okay. You said, uh, I said, oh, I'm, I meet you. I just, I don't know you. I met you. I said, I met you in town. I said, oh, guess who I just met? I met David. I met David. And he said, oh, David, yeah, yeah, yeah. David has been my friend. He said, oh. And they said, oh, his mother, when his mother was the prime minister. Then you realize, ah, no, because this David, his mother was not a prime minister. <laughs> so as soon as he begins to describe that David is talking about, then you realize, ah, these are two different Davids, oh. These are two different The David I'm talking about, his mother was not a prime minister. No, his mother was not a prime minister. The David I'm talking about is a, is a, is a pastor. is not a, a pop that. That is the same. Look, describe your own. Let me describe my own. Then we'll see if they are the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. As your own God, a begotten son. Praise the Lord. So, as I was saying, when, uh, when uh, uh, yeah, they said don't preach in the name again. So, Acts chapter 5, verse 28, saying, did we not freely command you that you should not teach in this name? And so, yeah, like I said, look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. The guys were threatened. Watch, watch, watch this. They told the few believers in those days, that you have filled Jerusalem with this doctrine. Talking about the preaching of Jesus. Some of us, look at where we are. Look at our number. I'm telling you, there were not as many as us. But they filled Jerusalem. Only, look, we are a lot. We can't even fill a street. Because it's not our priority. But the people we claim to be following, that was their priority. They continued in the apostles' doctrine. 
Now, this is the apostles' doctrine. We said the doctrine infused Jerusalem. They, when you have it, you, they continue the apostles' doctrine, their prayer, the breaking of, of bread and fellowship. This is, if we continue, we'll continue what they were doing. So the point here is, why should you win souls? Because it's just the normal Christian living. That is what the early church was doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Is someone learning something? Yes. Number three. Hey. I want to read this, the text first so that you can make up your own mind. I'm quoting so many scriptures because there must be a scripture for what we say. Um, let's read the text first and do some uh, biblical um, uh, hermeneutics. I'm talking about Acts chapter 11. Verse 13 and 14. What did I say? Acts 11, 13 and 14. Look at this from, is it okay we all read it together? Sorry, today we are, I'm not reading much from my own Bible. Let's go. Read it, let's go. Everybody, let's go. And he told us how he has seen an angel standing in his house. Boss, boss, boss. This is Cornelius, a gentile who doesn't know Jesus, who doesn't know God. And Peter went to preach to him there. The, 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 the Sahindrin coin. Why do you go to a Gentile's house? He started narrating the story. And he's telling him what the Gentile told me when I go to his house. God sent me to his house. And he said, let's go. Let's start again. All right. And everybody, let's louder. And he told us how he Standing in his house. Who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose name is... Plus, what did he see? What did he see? Who was talking to him? The angel standing in his house. Who said to him? The angel said, said, said to him, send for Peter. Ah, angel, where does he come from then? Where's an angel? Well, obviously, where would the angel come from? From God's presence. Angel comes to the man. He said, send for Peter. For what? Okay. What, let's go to the verse 14. Watch this. Let's go. Let's read it aloud. He will tell you words by which you, if he doesn't talk, me, I'm angel, I can't help you. Angels can't preach. Even God won't preach. He will preach you. He has committed the word of reconciliation to men. So if men don't get up to go and preach, people will be perishing. So angel appears to somebody, he says, it's time for you to be saved. God has seen your good works. God wants to save you and your household. Your entire family will be saved. God is about to do amazing things for you. But you know what? So send, send for um, a man called Peter. And when he comes, his surname is Simon. He said, go, get, send for Peter. When he comes, he will speak words to you by which these words that he will speak to you, through those words, you'll be saved. The words I'm speaking to you can't save you. So then, the ministry of reconciliation, salvation of souls is in our hands, those of us who are saved. God has given us. So if that means that if you don't go, people will perish. Am I communicating something to somebody? It's very important. If you don't go, look, it says that, hey, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says that for as many as shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, for, for, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be, how do you get saved? I don't hear you. How do you get saved? Is it a trick? Does this sound like a trick question? No, it's straightforward. 
How do you get saved? And who can be saved? Whether you are Muslim, Buddhist, uh, gangster, Catholic, uh, Medicosta, Caris, it doesn't matter. No. It, it, it doesn't matter. Whether you're, whoever you are, doesn't matter. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But here's the thing. Go to the next point. Look at this. Who, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So first, before you call, you must believe. Yes. So it's the... It is the call that is born out of belief that saves people. No, God, uh, Lord Jesus! Hey, it doesn't mean you are getting saved anyway. It's the call that is born out of faith, out of belief. So he said, how can they call on him, they have, uh, on him whom they have not believed? He said, okay. Then that means that someone needs to believe. But he said, ah, another problem. How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? So then, for you to believe, you have to hear something. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have to hear in order to believe so you can call and be saved. So the end result is salvation. But you can't be saved if you don't call. You can't call if you, have not, if you don't believe. You can't believe if you have not heard. But then it brings another question. How shall they hear without a preacher? So when God wants to save somebody, guess what? Your, your guess is good as mine. It tells you that if he wants to save somebody, he will raise a preacher. Do I have some preachers in the house? Do I have some preachers in the house? Do I have some preachers in the house? And what do we preach? Christ. He went to the city of Samaria, Acts chapter 18, verse 5, and preached Christ to them. Preach Christ. And when he went and preached Christ, miracles began happening. Yeah. Verse 6. It says that he preached Christ to them, but, but, but when the, the... Okay, go to the next verse. That uh, spoken by... So you have to speak. Oh. Spoken by hearing and seeing miracles. When you go and speak Christ, you went to preach Christ, you preach Christ, miracles begin to follow. Amen. And people begin to give you attention. And guess what? Go to the next verse. For unclean spirits crying out. Demons can't stand preaching of Christ. You can preach seven ways to get prosperous. Demons say, no problem, no problem. Come on, preach more. You can preach uh, 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 how to catch a good man to marry you. You can preach (laughs) how to generate multiple streams of income. The, the, the devil doesn't get bothered at all. No. You can preach motivational speaking. Hey, I am who God says I am. Hey, those things. Are, you know, if it's not rooted in projecting Christ, Satan said, come on, preach on. Preach on. So sometimes when you preach anything apart from Christ, you hear people shout, yes, sir. Preach is Satan who is talking. Preach. Satan, <laughs> Satan, Satan is talking through them. Because what you are preaching is rubbish. It's not Christ. And what, what we must preach is Christ. If you preach church, Satan said, preach on. <laughs> if you preach clothing, Satan said, preach on, preach on, preach on. They'll even promote you. Preach on, preach on. But if you preach Christ, Satan, demons begin to shudder. Demons begin to tremble. Bible said, unclean spirits, crying out with loud voice, came out of many who were op- uh, possessed. So demons live in people. 
Maybe your neighbor needs some Christ preaching too. Ah, see, he said demons. Demons came out. That means they were somewhere. Where were they? Many, not only one person. Plenty of people have demons inside them. Many. <laughs> Who were possessed? They were inside human beings. Wearing nice one. You know, this is a nice woman. I want to marry her. Hey, she's a container hotel of demons. <laughs> this is a nice man. I when I look at his beard. Ah. When I look at his six pack. His own is more than six. Big, 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 big boxes. <laughs> when I look at his car, hey, don't look at those things, though, because demons live in people. I'm not saying anyone with sick power has demons inside. Because you can have a big round football in front of you, and that one is even maybe more demons. <laughs> what I'm saying is that some of you started going out with some people. And after they slept with you, or you slept with them, oh. you see, your story has changed. Oh. You can't think straight again. You, you, something, character. You now are always upset. You are always lustful. Or you are always, you can't sustain a job. Or you, you are always having bad dreams. You are, uh, see, that thing allows demons to come in very fast. No, Pastor, I don't believe. Oh, go try it. Go try it. <laughs> <laughs> fast track first class fast track <laughs> this is a serious statement you know he said demons came out of many who were oppressed, oppressed but they wouldn't have come out if they had not preached Christ every demon who was trying to follow here who is waiting for you outside I preached them out of your life as I preach Christ, they live your life. As I preach Christ, they live you alone. In the name of Jesus. Shout amen. amen. He preached Christ. So how can they be saved if there's no preacher? He's not talking about puppet preaching. Many people think, oh, I'm called, I'm called. And they are waiting for puppet. Meanwhile, the world should be your, your parish. Everywhere. There are people all over around you. You are waiting to stand on platform with screens behind you. So you can, you can, you can display your fleshly skills and not exalt Christ. That man who have always been sitting near you on the train. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That guy, he came to you and said, oh, you know, I like you. I like the way you are gentle. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the person. Opportunity. Don't talk about Christ. Preach Christ. Even when they don't come, you have to go. Let them know when they come. It's my custom. If you call my phone, he said, oh, um, um, uh, Raymond, Raymond. I said, oh, sorry. Uh, this is not Raymond. He said, oh, it is not Raymond. I said, no. But before you go, before you go, listen. You have to give your life to Jesus. <laughs> because you called me. I didn't call you. You called me, so I have to tell you. I've got something to before you go, listen, I've got something to tell you. He says, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to hand over your life to Jesus because you can go to, sorry, sorry, sorry. But please don't forget, I told you, okay, I'm free now from your blood. Bye. <laughs> Someone comes to me asking for directions. Do you know where the, the nearest McDonald's is? I certainly do. I certainly do. <laughs> I certainly do. 
God will always create opportunities to bring someone so that you can speak to them. They may not even show that they believe in your presence, but as they go, the words you spoke, the Holy Spirit will take it as a seed and begin to work on their heart and begin to work on their heart. One day, they remember you, and when you get to heaven, you'll be shocked. You are here. Say yes, when you spoke to me, and God will tell you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Why must we preach? Why preach? Because we are ambassadors. Number two, why preach? Because it's just Christian. <laughs> Number three, why preach? Because that's the means to salvation. If you don't preach, people will perish. Number four, why preach? Oh, this thing touches my Why do we have to preach? Because souls are the most valuable things on earth. Souls, human. It's not about animals. It's human beings. Their eternal destiny. God has entrusted it to you. But you can't sit on it. Is it possible that some of your family members you are sitting on their freedom? Is it possible that, that your neighbor is going to hell because of you? Is it possible? Because when we preach, it is souls in the book of Matthew. Chapter 16, verse 26. It says that what does they profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So when we go soul winning, soul is more important than the whole world. One soul. One soul. So long as God is concerned, one soul is more valuable than the whole world. One soul equals to cancel the whole world. In other words, it's not equal to the whole world. You can't compare so long as God is concerned. That's why when there's plane crash, when they tell you there's plane crash, what's the next thing they say? The number of souls that were saved or were lost. When there is attack, the first thing they announce is the number of people who die and those who are injured. Souls. They don't tell you, oh, three cars were destroyed and a whole house was destroyed before later. They said the house had got marble walls, marble tiles. <laughs> Have you ever heard that before? They will never talk about that. They will never talk about that. <laughs> they will tell you, souls, the number of people who lost their lives when the plane crashed. Why? Sometimes, think about it. Sometimes, when the plane crashes, like the one that got missing in the Atlantic and for two years, we haven't found it. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'm thinking about the first class. The people in the first class, their wallets. <laughs> Can you imagine? They are gold watches. They are Rolex watches. They are breadling. They are shoes. Louis Vuitton. Amen. First class, first class. Even the rest is good. Because most of us, we can't just go on play by air because it's expensive. <laughs> so to travel by air alone is a lot. And your luggage, most of you know, your, when you arrive and your luggage doesn't come, it can dis, dis, disturb or uh, uns, make you unstable. Because you remember that the thing you bought when you went to uh, Hawaii, that, that, that shoe. You couldn't wait, and the, the, your luggage, luggage is missing, and all those things are in the luggage area. And then, plus the people, some of them, the bags, they have dollars, dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Lot of the 
One watch, one watch sometimes about $250,000. One watch somebody's wearing and the plane crashes. Hey! And watches. Is, is it fair? And they don't mention anything about the watches that got lost. They don't say anything. They don't say anything. They don't even say the value of the plane. They don't say the value of the plane. Why? Oh, that is such an important plane. Oh, look, World Trade Center. When it came down, they didn't tell us the value of the building. They didn't tell us the marbles inside. They didn't tell us the, the special things inside. The penthouses. They didn't say anything. They just said the number of people who died. Why? Because souls are precious. Souls are precious. Souls are precious. Some of you lovely people, you love Jesus. But it doesn't show that you love souls. Love for souls. When we go out, we need souls. You won't come. I think I need to stay here more. Listen, it's not about church attendance. But it's about real life, human beings. Every soul is precious. So Jesus Christ gave his whole life. Bible, Bible says that he bought us. He bought that we are the church. The church is made up of souls, sa- saved souls. So if you are not saved, you are not a part of the church. You can't be part of the church if you are not saved. It's not possible. Okay? You can be organized. You can come as an organization. But before God, you are not a church member. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Mark 8, 36. It said what? The same thing. If a man was a, uh, is a, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? No profit. No profit. No profit. So, soul winning is actually about the most precious things in life, people. So, when we are going, you are not doing anything cheap. When you step out, when you are talking to people with the intention to help them come to know Jesus for their souls to be saved. You're actually doing them the best of favors they can ever think about. The best favor you can ever do for somebody. Guess what? Let me show you something. He said that for God's soul, some of us just for God's soul. You mean for God so? Okay, let me do first before. God so, it loves you so much that if you love so much, you give the best. So love the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in you will not perish. So then his love is so that you don't perish. Because it's, it's, you, you cannot, you, he can afford, he loves you too much for you to perish. That's why we preach. He said in Acts chapter 20 verse 28 that you have been purchased with the precious blood. He said he put the church. He said that, therefore, take heed of yourself to yourself and the flock among whom the Holy Ghost made you us here to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. His blood, the most precious thing. Is someone getting something? Yeah. So, what are the points I've given so far? Why do we win souls, number one? Because we are ambassadors of Christ. Number two, I can't hear you. It's just Christian. Number three is a means to salvation. Only means to salvation. Number four, so are the most valuable things on earth. And then number five, nothing. Okay. Let, let, let me give you last stronger one. Hmm. Hmm. 
Uh, uh, let me give you last word. Great commission. Jesus Christ. See, the, the words of a dying man or a, the last words of a man are very important. And then Jesus, just before he left them, the last thing he told them, he came from the grave. He said, Matthew, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. He said, listen, all power in heaven on an earth has been given to me. For what? So go and make money. So go and fight your enemies. So go and release my blood against the devil. Satan, oh, the blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. The blood of Jesus is against you. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Hey, Satan. Most of us are so Satan conscious. Everything Satan, Satan, Satan. Yeah, Satan is real. But he saved us so that um, and he came, he came and spoke. He said, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, okay, he said, go. Go where? Go to work. Go get promotion. Go get married. Some of us, the reason why you are in church is because you are trying to catch a, a, a partner. Partner. Yeah. Trying to catch a partner. If you, you may end up catch, catching a panther, panther. <laughs> Black panther. <laughs> but don't worry, keep coming. Jesus will save you and give you and give you a very decent good woman. Or a decent good man. I think it's actually a bit more reasonable, rational, and smart. To go look for it, go get a catch in church than at the club. Yes. At least there's better hope, at least. The club, I don't, I'm not saying the one you catch, you caught at the club is bad. And the one you catch in church, yeah, the one you caught in church is holy. What I'm saying is that it's a better place to go and, do you understand that? Yeah. If Tesco, I take my car to someone who is a, a Tesco mechanic. Eh? My, my, my Toyota. I take it to Tesco or Toyota. Which one is better? A Toyota, if I take it to Toyota, at least I can guarantee at least some level of yeah. genuine, genuine parts. At least. Sometimes it, it, they don't, one or two things may go wrong. But still. So instead of running from party to party, party to party, Nightclub to nightclub, function to function, looking for someone to marry you or someone to marry or someone to just fill the void in your life. There's void. I'm lonely. I need a man. I'm lonely. I don't know why. I'm lonely. It's not a man you need. You need actually Jesus. You need Jesus. You need Jesus because some of the other men will even make you more lonely and emptier. Some of you, you were better before you entered a certain relationship. Uh-huh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, better. After you entered a relationship, oh, hmm. it's it messed so much. You are now seriously in debt. Your credit, you have seven credit card. You didn't even use it. It was all him. He used it to buy sound system in his, into his car. <laughs> 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 
And you paid for much, much of the car. And now you have been thrown out of the car. <laughs> Am I speaking something? So just keep coming to church. But because I believe that it takes preaching. You see, go to place where you will be. If you keep coming to, I know maybe you came for a woman or you came for a man. No, don't worry. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not against you. Okay, okay. There are a lot of them. Catch any. <laughs> see, anyone who is not laughing, be concerned about them. <laughs> I get to what I'm saying. So, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that whatever the situation, you are better off here than out there. So, I will beg you, please keep coming. Even though you are coming for the wrong reasons, as time goes on, you'll find out. Yeah, because how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? How can they hear if there is no preaching? So, as for church, you can guarantee there will always be preaching. Some of you, since you started coming to church, haven't you realized you have become more sensible? Some guys can't waste your time anymore. They say, oh, sister, when I saw your legs, you look. And you, previously you said, oh, really? <laughs> but now you have heard so much common sense in church. So much common sense in church. You go to, every time you go to the restaurant with them, they say, oh, I forgot my wallet. <laughs> so now, you tell, we want to eat. Uh, do you have your wallet on you before we start the order? Can you, can you please check if your wallet is there and your card you want to use is in your wallet can we, can, we, can we make another time you keep paying and keep paying and keep paying and keep paying and keep paying that's what you've done so much but now you see you are very wise and then the guy, the guy is asking you oh why why it doesn't matter it doesn't matter you tell no no it matters it matters Some of you people will send you text messages. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And, <laughs> and they end the text with XOXO, Zozo. Zo. <laughs> and then they tell you Zozo, and your, your, your head is spinning. The whole night you couldn't sleep. <laughs> you could not sleep because I want to tell you, baby. Ah. <laughs> Your head is spinning. And after three weeks, if you don't hear from him, you are worrying. And then he said, hi. (laughs) 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 Women don't say too much. They just said hi. You cannot understand that spinning in head. So now that you know, even if you feel like that, you won't send anything. You won't send anything. Not even a blank text. Nothing. <laughs> so when you come to church, you need a lot of... So if you came to fish for women or for men in church, 
The ones here are smarter than the foolish ones outside. No, <laughs> no, you, 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 you can't take advantage of them. They are very smart women. Because smart women look for Jesus. Smart. Once you find you, you found Jesus, it's a different story. Previously, they were just coming, coming to you like that. Any woman at all tells you, oh, I like the way your bald hair is. And I say, oh, really? And you, you are, you see, some of sister, I met a sister, sister. He said, oh, he said he will marry me. But he's married. No, yeah, he said he's having problems with his wife. He's about to divorce. So we're about to move it. Ah! Then after, when you get pregnant, he said, you think I'll leave you for my wife? He wanted to use you to satisfy his. Mm-hmm. It feels like I should stand here letting you know. Hallelujah. So, we usually learn a lot of common sense in church too. Sometimes some of you have realized how, excuse me, my language, okay, with all respect and humility, okay, can I need that to say it? Okay? Some of you have realized how stupid you used to be. Yeah. He told you I bought you new boots, and that's all. After all he did, you, you know he can't change. He told you I bought you new boots, and then he said, I'm coming to collect it. <laughs> But now you can look and say, I'm wiser. I'm smarter. Because of Jesus Christ. Shout hallelujah. Some of us, I did not mean for church. When you dress, it was like a, a caricature. Yes. In fact, some of the guys, it's church. The first time they wore tie is church. First time they wore proper shoe. Because all they have is strenuous. And then they are this. Uh... <laughs> Aren't you wiser now? Yes. You are. Why? Because of Jesus. Yes. Clap for Jesus. We'll continue next week. I was give. How many points have I given you so far? I have eleven points. So, yeah, to be continued. Let me give you one more. The next one, one is because you are saved as a soul, I will continue next week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's nice to be in church. Nice to be with Jesus. Please, may I advise you? Never think you are doing somebody a favor by coming to church. No. It's very backwards. Never think you are doing somebody a favor. Because you can come to church and sickness can leave your body. Yeah. You can come to church. You see, her, the lady said a dream job or whatever. She came and her faith connected. Already God was doing it. You can come to church and get married. The yeah. wedding will be nice. There will be no alcohol. Or even whatever. But people won't get drunk at your wedding and get raped or impregnated. And they say, oh, at your wedding. No. 
People are happy to hang around you. Amen. But did somebody receive something? Yes. Why, must we, why, must we, why must we win souls? Number one, let's all say it. Number one, why must we win souls? Number two, number three, why must we win souls? Number four, why must we win souls? Number five, why must we win souls? Come on, put your hands together for this. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.